Welcome rock and metal fans. Coming to you from the barns of Amish country and pastures of cows are those two bad boys of rock and metal. B1 Bomb and the Smuts. Bringing you the best rock and metal bands from the 80s and 90s and today. Playing and discussing music from the featured bands with special guests, interviews, contests and more. So grab a beer and turn it up. It's time for the Headbangers Vault. Welcome to the Headbangers Vault. This is the B1 Bomb, and my co-host, the Smuts, is, believe it or not, looking at a concert venue right now, so we will talk about that here next week. But tonight, I have a special guest here on the Headbangers Vault, and that would be a Mr. Joel Walker. Joel, how are you? Oh, good. Thanks for having me on, man. Nice intro you got there. Well, thank you very much. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Well, I kind of do several things. At the moment, I host the Imagining Music podcast. Okay. And I've been doing that for about a year now. And before that kind of set up, I was doing a podcast where it was more baseball related center towards the Atlanta Braves. Okay. And it was called the High and Inside Podcast. So I did that for about two or three years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm also a musician. I don't really play like I used to, you know, back in the day, kind of trying to make it as a musician in a band was totally different than it is now. But I play drums, so I'm trying to get more involved back in, in that scene, you know, hoping maybe record with some people in, in the future. But yeah, I transitioned the podcast from baseball to Imagine Music podcast a year ago. I've been about for about two or three years. I've been wanting to do this, and, and it's really kind of funny that I started it, and, and the whole thing really kind of has blown up in, in a good way. Yes, it has. With fresh Christian metal, rock, all that stuff. It's like a resurgence has been going on, and I, you know I'm happy to be a small part of that. Where I do generally, I have. Christian metal artists from the 80s and 90s. You know, I, I do you know, I do plan on having people that aren't have to be, you know, Christian but still just talk to them about music. It's going to be music related regardless, but yeah, that's kind of long story there. Okay. What, I, what I'm kind of doing at the time and have been doing. So what got you into podcasting in the first place? Well, I, you know, I, I originally, like I said, I started with the baseball podcast. Uh, you know, I have a whole lot of useless knowledge when it comes to music and baseball. So I knew I, I could do it, and I, I had a guy that was doing his own podcast, and he put out on Twitter, said, hey, I, you know, I kind of want to have a co-host. And I jumped in. I'm like, man, I want to do it. It's funny. His name was Joel. Or still is. He hasn't changed his name or, or died. But so there's the two Joels, and, and he had the Hide Inside podcast. We joined forces, and, and uh, slowly but surely, he kind of, he lost interest, and I took over, and and like I said, you know, I've been wanting to do this. My original idea was, where are they now? Okay. Because before, about a year or two ago, you didn't know where a lot of bands were, like Fear Not or any of these guys, man. you just like, what happened to these bands Yeah, or these people? And I mean, now, you know, like it's big time out there. With We know where they're at. They're making new albums. But I kind of want to do like a where are they now, catch up with these guys and kind of go through their history. It also helped kind of bring them back out to the public, which, you know, they're doing on their own. But, you know, it's, it's been going really well. And I've been really blessed with the guests that I've had on the show. 
I mean, I never could imagine within a year I've had names that I've had on there. It's been going great. I think that's really, really awesome that you get some of those bands on there. I've listened to those guys growing up. It's like, wow, for the first time I've ever heard these guys talk about their history. And it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. You know, I grew up really just, you know, I, I was looking forward to Heaven's Metal Magazine every time it came in. Same here. Green front, you know, the back. Uh, reading all my albums or my CDs, you know, every lyric, every thank you. You know, I was all about it. I still am about it. I don't read all the CDs, you know, liner yeah. notes, no thing. But, yeah, you know, I'm the same. I'm like, man, I cannot believe it. And I've, I've even become friends with a lot of these guys, too, and it, it's surreal to me. Uh, I mean, but, you know, you're like they're just people like we are. Right. But they've had the success and they have the talent. It's just cool. You know, it's really, it's cool that I've got to connect with them. Now, I want to ask you about your music career. What band or bands were you in? Yeah, I, uh, I've been playing drums since I was about seven, about six, really. So I start, I took lessons for a while when I was seven. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess around when I was in high school, I started getting more serious about playing in a band. And when I was about 16, I hooked up with some other people. and We formed this band called Linger. And we we did pretty well. We recorded a cassette tape because I told him. The funny thing was, there was in, in one of my guests I've had on the show, Miss Angie. She was an artist back in the late '90s, and she got a hold of our cassette tape somehow. Mm-hmm. And I didn't record. We didn't record to like any kind of click tracks or anything. I've always had a pretty good metronome in my head. And Miss um, Angie, they got a hold of it, and they wanted myself. And our lead singer, rhythm guitarist, who that you know, he did both, but she wanted us to audition apparently for a band. I mean, we were in Atlanta. I was still in high school, mm-hmm. and they were located in Missouri. Chances of it realistically working out was not good. I, I don't know what I would have done if she had accepted it. But we kind of said no. We'll do it as a whole band. We don't want to break up the band. We really thought we had something. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a lot. I mean, it was really interesting how many connections we had in a way because. Our lead singer, I don't know if you remember the band Reality Check. That I do but, not. Yeah, they were kind of, uh, I don't remember if they were on Forefront, what, but they had an album come out, and uh, they were kind of popular back in the day. They were kind of along the lines of the DC Talk kind of thing. Okay. That was, you know, people were trying to push. Our lead singer for Linger auditioned, we didn't know it at the time, and he got offered the gig to replace the lead singer, and I mean, they were doing really well at the time. Kind of, I mean, he didn't accept it, but you know, we we had opportunities where we we auditioned for Miss Angie. Our lead singer could have been the singer for Reality Check. Mm-hmm. And then after high school, I got out of me and our bass player became Pacifico, which Pacifico is still a band with um, Matt Matthew Schwartz. He's the lead singer, but me and Matt, we left. We we became Pacifico, which was actually named after a Lassie Foundation song. I don't know if you know Lassie Foundation. Wayne Everett, which he, he's the drummer. He's played with, I don't know, he's played with everybody, but he was originally with, you probably know. I can't think of the name. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, yeah, we, we became Pacifico. And when I was around 19, we were playing a lot of shows with Skillet. And they were pretty Ooh. brand new. I know they, we played with them when their first album came out. I didn't know who they were. We were playing small little gigs with them, like little, like maybe 20, 30 people there. And uh, anyways, their original drummer was leaving and I talked to John. I found out John Cooper, their lead singer, and I uh, got it. We exchanged information 
and I talked to him on the phone. And he's like, hey, well, we pretty much have this female who was Lori, who mm-hmm. was their first original female drummer. And he's like, she was in a band with Corey, his wife. And uh, she's probably, she's, we're pretty much thinking about picking her, but, you know, if you still want to audition, you can't. Mm-hmm. So I wound up driving from Atlanta to where they were based out at the time, Memphis, and I auditioned. Man, I thought it really went well, but I had never played with a metronome before. I was so nervous that I was, I couldn't hear it. I'm a loud drummer. I hit hard. I'm a drummer too, so I've never really done the metronome thing either. Well, at that point, I never had. You know, that was like, 1999 or 2000. Okay. And I mean, I'm, I'm great with it now. And I was getting off a little beat and I couldn't hear it. I was too nervous to tell him, Hey, can we turn it up? And you know, we jammed for a while. And mm-hmm. then me and John just had a private conversation for a good while. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I left. I was like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting the gig. I'm getting it. <laughs> and, uh, I hadn't heard from John after a few days. I finally called him. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? He's like, Hey, we'll go over boy. You know, of course my heart sunk, but, uh, mm. I was still in Pacifico. Pacifico, we did a lot of good things. We we toured a lot. We recorded. He's still recording. Matt Schwartz is one of the best songwriters and performers out there, and people just don't know who he is. So how, how many albums did you record? You know, we didn't really record, like, real full-length albums. We did more, uh, some demos. We recorded a split EP with a band called Copeland okay. uh, with a small record label. Copeland's going on to be pretty successful in their own right. And the, the stupid thing on our part was we're like, okay, we thought we we're going to make it big and get signed. And we, we thought if we put our good songs on that split EP, mm-hmm. that we wouldn't be able to use those songs on a real album if we got signed. So we're like, let's put our just mediocre songs on here. Mm-hmm. And our dumb, <laughs> we did that. It's so stupid now. We were like, that was regretful. I mean, they're not horrible songs, but. At least you got something out there. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely people look up Pacifico in the anthology. I'm like on the first eight or nine songs on there. We actually just got back together and recorded a Starfire 59 song called Slow. So Matt has his own label. I think it's called Pacific Records, something like that. I don't know if it's out there. It's about to be out, but there's going to be a Starfire 59 tribute album. It's going to have like us. Quad Five O, the Huntington, uh, a lot of cool bands. Yeah, I've heard a lot of those and, bands. Yeah, and uh, we got back into that one about a year ago. A couple years ago, before that, we got back together and did a song uh, that I mean, I think it's an unbelievable song. I'll have to share it with you after the show. But you know, we got back together. We've done stuff. You know, we also back in the day, uh, MTV had some show on some show. I don't even know what it's called, but it. It was like a high school drama, mm-hmm. you know, like not, I don't even know. It was, it, it was so stupid, but I remember MTV was asking for independent artists to send in music. And I saw that. So I sent in our, our demo, whatever we had at the time. And they actually used a couple songs. So our oh, wow. music was featured on MTV on, it was like the background music yeah, and yeah. on a couple episodes and, you know, oh, stuff wow. like we had some stuff going on. And then in my early twenties, you know, I, I was married to my first wife, and the guys were not. I was the only one married, and they thought I was not going to be able to be really dedicated like I had been, even though I was. And they had a manager that wound up screwing them over big time. Mm. After he, he told them, basically, he's like, you need to kick him out. And uh, they listened to his advice, and they're like, you need to quit, or we'll kick you out. So, man, mm. we had a big argument, and I didn't talk to them for years. and Everything's good now, but... Good. 
yeah, it, it was crazy. I know there was a lot of information there. Did you guys ever tour with any like big bands at the time? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you would consider big, but our best friends were a band called Seven Ten Split, and a lot, some folks who kind of may know who they were. They're kind of more punk. Mm-hmm. We toured with them, but we also did a little tour with the Huntington. Okay, um, and, and that was probably one of the funnest times of my life. Just hang out with those guys. And me and the guitarist at the time, he's not in the band anymore. We clicked really, really well. And, uh, man, we had so much fun during that little tour. Uh, we played a lot of shows. Like, when we were linger, we played a show, opened up for third day at an amphitheater. And uh, it was like, you know, a thousand people there. That was really cool. But Pacifico, we played, you know, I listed it on the Imagine Music podcast because I was trying to think about it. Bands we've opened for, and I put a list on there. But yeah, we played a lot of shows. We did like Squad Five O, their album release party. We played with them. We played at Cornerstone. Mm-hmm. Been there before. Yeah, we, I, I went a couple times, and then we played. I don't remember. It might have been around two thousand two or three. Cool experience. Were you guys around more during the grunge era, or was it kind of moved on at that point? It moved on. Okay. We, we were around when pop rock bands like Sum Forty One, American yeah. was American Hi Fi. Some of the style-centered uh, bands, too. Kind yeah, of. I remember we played Five Hour Frenzy. I, me and Jeff were kind of friends a little bit. Jeff was the, she's the, that's the female in the band. I mean, we played with Morellas Forest and I think Joy Electric. Ronnie Martin from Joy Electric was helping us out and doing a little bit of managing with us at, at the time. Ronnie is brothers with Starfire for tonight. Uh, uh, Jeff, but, you know, we had a lot of little connections. Like, nothing just ever clicked where we got signed. Tooth and Nell was looking at us, Brandon Evil, and then apparently there was some other band. It was between us and another band he wanted to sign, and they signed that other band. And then from what I was told or remember, I don't even know who it was, they broke up after, like, they recorded the first album. Oh, that's a bummer. And, uh, mm. Yeah, it was, it was so funny because he was interested in us off our first demo, and our first demo was garbage. And we thought, man, we're going to go in here. We recorded with a guy named Matt Goldman. Mm-hmm. He did a lot with Under Oath, I think, in the early days. And anyways, we recorded this awesome demo or EP or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we sent that to Brandon. We're like, we're getting signed for sure. And he came back. He's like, eh, mm-hmm. I'm not interested. It's like, what? It was funny. We recorded this guy's garage, and it was just, it was rough sounding. It was not great quality. And, you know, we, you know, label is just, you know, that was the whole goal back then. You're fine. Yep. I remember those and, days quite uh, well. Yeah. I mean, now it's not really, you, you can do things independently, but. Yep. It's a whole yeah. different world these days. Oh, yeah. Now, Joel, who are some of your uh, biggest influence in the music world? Well, the first one's going to be a, a Striper. Oh, yeah. Definitely. That was, uh, you know, I'm 42. So my dad, I guess that'd be around 88. I was a, I mean, my first concert was Amy Grant and Rich Mullen oh, wow. with my parents. And then I saw Carmen, you know, it's not like mm-hmm. I was picking who I wanted to go see. But, you know, Indomitable Trust came out and my dad just like randomly came in the house and he's like, hey, I got this for you. And it was the Indomitable Trust cassette tape. Well, that's a good and one. I was like, it was quite literally the only thing I listened to. You were hooked. Why, yeah, I was hooked. <laughs> My parents wouldn't buy, I don't know why they never bought me anything else for years. But the funny thing was, Striper had the In the Beginning video, and they had it at our local rental store. Mm-hmm. So I used to rent that. My parents would rent that for me all the time. I watched Striper. But kind of getting a few years later, the next band I really got into was Queen. 
Okay. Yeah. And Queen is probably to me one of the great. I mean, the greatest band ever. Freddie Mercury is the greatest singer. Uh, He's got to be up there. So, yeah, I got a Queen before Freddie died, and then um, you know my parents were pretty strict, and I remember saying, "Yeah, I like Queen," and they were like, "You can't listen to them because." He's gay, and like I'm like I, I like their music. I wasn't you know all about I don't know about their lifestyle, and uh, you know they've been super strict, uh, but I still listen to them. And I remember watching the Freddie Mercury tribute concert when he passed away, and they had that. Yeah, that was really uh, good. But, I still have yeah. a copy of that on VHS. Yeah, I got yeah, I got the DVD somewhere, but now with YouTube, pull it up, watch it easier. But uh, you know, Striper Robert Sweet was my biggest influence mm-hmm. as a drummer. Queen just musically, and then also Bride came along, and Jerry McBroom Ooh, was yeah. an influence with his aggressiveness and his drumming. Yeah, I love Bride. That time. Bride was probably my first concert that I wanted to go to and went to, and it was right when Scarecrow came out. Okay. And uh, went and saw Bride, and, you know, that was that was quite an experience. So. Yeah, I've seen those guys. Yeah, probably those. I think I've seen them in Indiana, and i also seen them at Cornerstone in 94, too. I may have only seen them, gosh, maybe two times because I saw them a few years later. They came back and played, and that was an interesting experience. Probably something just the way Dell was acting during the concert, and it, it wasn't really good. Yeah, you know, it's it funny because my my buddy made me a mixtape, and he's the one that I I'd have to say besides my dad getting me striper. Okay, if it weren't for him, he my buddy Mike Bischoff, he got me into Bride and Fear Not. He made me a mixtape as Bride and Fear Not. Yeah. And I'd be out there cutting grass with that. And then I got into Baron Cross. Oh, yeah. And then I was always, I was getting the Heaven's Metal magazine videos. And they had, you know, Bride and Deliverance. And I remember hanging out with my cousin. And he was into all the secular music. Mm-hmm. And we went out and I bought Psychosurgery on cassette tape. And I was like, maybe this won't impress him. Maybe he'll want to listen to this, think this is cool. But man, yeah, I was, I was all into that stuff. And yes, I uh, hear. Just, passion for music man i remember those days you know you mentioned striper me and the smuts we are going to go see striper in may with mike tramp opening up oh that's awesome you know i don't i probably shouldn't say anything because i don't know hopefully because you know how interviews can fall apart but not mike tramp but i'm actually supposed to interview a guy who was their most recent drummer for white lion okay so i'm, I'm talking to him but yeah i love white lion yes yeah, uh, back in the day man they were really uh, good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great band. But, yeah, that's going to be a good concert. Striper, uh, you know, as crazy was, I always went to see Striper back in the day. Then they broke up. Never got to see him. And I finally got to see him at Cornerstone when they did the reunion concert there. Yeah, I heard and about I've seen that. i so many times since. But I think I've seen uh, him about three or four years ago. The band Kicks opened up for him. That was over at the BMI. That was a really okay. good show. I even caught one of their Bibles. I was so excited. Oh, yeah. I got I got one of the Bibles and photographed by Robert. I think it was it came with one of the albums when he purchased it a long time ago. But so you know it's like a collector's item thing for me. And you know, unfortunately, one of my really good friends passed away this year, and he was my striper buddy too. We loved Robert Sweet. You know, we talked striper. He was so pumped up when I had Tim Gaines on the show and called me up. And he was just so excited, and I wish he would have been around to know that I got to talk to Robert too. And um, I remember at his, at his funeral, I was talking to his wife, because I never, I never met her. And uh, I was like, yeah, I was Striper. And she said, oh, yeah, let, you know, he's got a yeah, Striper Bible. And she's like, okay, yeah. And I remember him telling me about your podcast with him and how excited he was, man. And 
it, it was it was cool that we got to bond over that. Sure. You know, before unfortunately he passed away. He, I mean, he was the same age as me. Yeah, just crazy. I know I yeah. get a little worked up on the podcast when we bring up Striper too. <laughs> I don't know if it was you or whoever it was joking like, yeah, I think you mentioned Striper every episode. Yep, pretty much. Because you know they were a big influential christian band in the 80s and then you got into the 90s early 2000 it was pod and then after that mm-hmm. skillet followed yeah there's always that one great christian band leading the charge yeah and, and fortunately i got to see all those bands i think pod i saw them play the same year striper played cornerstone and uh that was when they were yeah probably at the height of their popularity you know crazy out what skillet has drawn, you know blown up to i just seen them last year for the first time i was really excited to see those guys and they did the whole album what was that the one was it satellite they played the whole thing through it was really cool oh wow uh, i used to see skillet a lot but I, I haven't seen them since around 2000 that's how long ago it's been seeing them in concert they come around my yeah. area every once in a while so i'm kind of thinking about going to see them there next time they come through yeah the, the last concert i went to and just i just went and saw alice cooper in concert that's the first time i got to see him and i bet that was a good show Oh yeah, yeah. That's a it's a really good show. And if anybody's never seen him in a concert, he he puts on a good show. You know that leads me into this question I want to ask you here. You touched on a little bit here. Who is your favorite Christian and secular rock and metal bands? You know, besides like Striper and Queen. You got any others besides Striper? You know, it may have to be Bride. Um, just I didn't really follow him too much after Drop, but Bride was pretty influential. Tourniquet. Uh, secular wise, besides Queen, there was a band called Marvelous Three. Never heard Huge, of them. Even though they, yeah, they came out. They had a song called Freak of the Week, and um, they were from the Atlanta area. Okay, and uh, yeah, they were like a power pop rock kind of secular wise. And, you know, even though two of those guys are Christian, but Butch Walker is the, he was. I don't know if you know Butch Walker. He's, he was the thing. He's the singer or was the singer for the band, and. Um, He's done a lot of solo stuff, but he went on to write a lot of songs with and produced uh, with Pink and Avril Lavigne. Okay, uh, but I used to, I used to go see Marvelous Three all the time. I mean, I, they have a album it's called Hey Album, and uh, man, I would not stop listening to that when it came out. They had another album come out after that, and they broke up, and it, it was just, it sucked so bad for me. And Marvelous Three was a pretty big deal for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm probably forgetting somebody, but you know, besides Queen and into the 80s hair metal is what I call it hair metal but oh yeah I grew uh, up on that stuff know, still listen to that stuff I actually just went to a thrift store today and found some good stuff uh, like Britney Fox and uh, Queensryche there's some other albums I found for like a couple bucks I'm like heck yeah I'm getting these yeah we listen to a lot of that on the headbangers of all we play those bands all the time my co-host he loves Britney Fox he talks about those guys almost every other podcast right, really that's interesting because you know, they weren't as big. I mean, what was it? Girl School or whatever the popular song was. Yeah. But, and, and I mean, they they really just sound like Cinderella in a lot of ways. You know, that that was one of the better shows I've seen, too. I got to saw Poison, Cinderella Kick, and I mean, it might have been L.A. Guns or someone else. Man, you want to talk about a really good show. That was a good show. I was fortunate enough to see those guys. I think it was in the early 2000s, but this summer we seen. Yeah, that's what I saw we seen Tom Kiefer, L.A. Guns, and Faster Pussycat. That was really cool. Yeah. Tom Kiefer, man, I love his voice. Cinderella put on a good show. You know, unfortunately, their guitarist had just passed away. Yeah, I and, heard that. Um, 
yeah, that's, that's when I saw him too. It was probably around 2001, 2002. Poison, you know, as much flack as people give them, they put on a good show. And then, you know, I'll tell you another good show that I saw. It's been a few years ago, but Death Leopard and Journey did a tour together. And that was a really good show too. Of course, you want to see the original singer with Journey. No it Steve Perry anymore, but, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately not. But uh, Death Leopard was, they put on a great show. Talk about some great songs. Yeah, I seen them in their uh, heyday back you know, in like the early '90s, and wow, that was an amazing concert. And I think a lot of people since COVID, you know, we were we were locked down, we couldn't do nothing. There's no concert. I'm mm-hmm. just trying to take advantage of going to see more concerts. Even the older I get, I'm kind of like, eh, I don't want to stand there and see 14 opening acts yeah. and then finally get to see my band. But I've been to a lot of shows lately. Yeah, same here. Um, and trying to take advantage of that. Yeah, I did too. I'm pretty happy to get out there. So I think I've hit more concerts this year than I have in the past 10 years or so. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. You know, what's also fun is I have a 10 year old and six year old boys and uh, introducing them to music. Yeah. Uh, you know, my 10 year old, his first concert was Striper, technically. And, you know, they came to Atlanta 2019 or whatever it was. So I took him. And then my second son, his first concert was. <laughs> I took them here in this year. They came and played Atlanta. So I took both of them to go see Striper. And then my youngest son, I took him to the classic Petra concert with me. And then after I saw the Alice Cooper show, I'm like, I should have brought my kids with me because they would have thought this was cool as crap. I mean, there's a guillotine, you know, people's heads are getting chopped yeah. off and these crazy things. But, you know, I'm like, next time Alice Cooper comes, I'm hoping it, it happens. I'm like, the kids are going with me. They're going to love, they'll be entertained on this one. You know, it's funny you mentioned that. I took my 14-year-old son to the Immortal Fest at the BMI this summer, and he loved it. We got to meet all the members of Baron Cross. We got to take pictures with Michael Drive, and it was just awesome. I mean, we met some different musicians, and he had a good time. So I'm hoping to go back next year. Which one are you, are you going to try to hit both of them, or are you going to go to a certain one? I know they have. I think I'm going to go event. to the first event because I really want to see Deliverance. I'm a really big yeah. fan of that band. I am definitely going to that one. I wish they had Deliverance on that second one because that's the one I'm going to go to. I mean, I want to see all those bands. Um, I, I think I saw Theocracy is playing. That. That's another really awesome band. Yeah, I really like Again, those guys. I don't know if they're still playing that, but I just had another band that I totally forgot about secular-wise, but Avenged Sevenfold is one of my favorite bands. So. They got a really big Iron Maiden influence, I've kind of noticed, just listening to some of their tunes. Yeah, I've seen them a couple times live. I got to see them with the Rev before he passed away. And, uh, man, that guy was an awesome drummer. Yes, he was. Right. Yeah, so anyways, I wanted to mention them because I told Scott about them because they haven't put out new music in a long time, which is unfortunate. I think it has something to do with the M. Shadow's voice. But another mm-hmm. band, I probably shouldn't admit that I really like now, even though I have to kind of skip some of their music because it's demonic, is the band Ghost. I really like Ghost. They kind of sound like Blue Oyster Cult. They kind of have that poppy feel, yeah. you know, that 70s feel to them. Yeah, they definitely don't have the sound of what they look like. Right. I remember the first time I heard Dance Macabre on the radio, and I never heard the song. I'm like, is this a new Alice Cooper song? And I had to look it up, and I'm like, that's Ghost? Dang. Yeah, I was like, listening to them, man. Really unique band. You know, I know they have a lot of that theatrical stuff going on with them. Unfortunately, some of us kind oh, yeah. of evil. Yeah, I get a little convicted with some of the stuff. I'm like, yeah, I can't, you know. Right. You know, I'm not one of those Christians where, you know, I'm like, Nope, you never do this because, you know, it's nothing Christ-like about it. You know, I'm not super strict, even though 
you know, I should watch about influence being crept in, but I like scary movies, you know? Yeah. I like stuff, you know? <laughs> I'm not, you know, not everything's going to be Christian I can have involved in my life. Sure. It is what it is. I'm going to bring up my most favorite Christian man of all time. They're kind of, I wouldn't say they're like ghosts. They're a thousand times better than that savior machine. I love that band and people have heard me rave uh, raving on the podcast. I was lucky enough to see him and I believe it was 98 over in Chicago and it was amazing. I, I might have some exciting news for you, dude. All right. You're going to get one of the guys on your podcast. Yeah. The, the main guy. All right. Um, yeah. We just messaged here the past couple of days. So he said he's going to do it. You know, we'll see how that goes. I can't wait for that one. Yeah. I never really got a favorite machine, but I respect what they did. And, you know, I just kind of missed that boat. It wasn't that I was trying to, I didn't like it. I just kind of missed it. They got a really unique sound. I mean, there ain't no band on the face of the earth that sounds like those guys. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty pumped. It's Eric Clayton. And it's funny because I wrote him a message and then he didn't write me back. He actually recorded himself talking back to me. And uh, it was really cool. I'm like, this is so crazy. And uh, he's like, yeah, I, don't, I haven't really done a podcast, so I definitely want to do this. Waiting to hear from him, set it up. So it was funny that you mentioned I had a feeling you were going to go with that because, you know, they are definitely unique. And I really love that. You know that Eric Clayton and members of Savior Machine, they did a David Bowie tribute album. It's pretty good. You know, I'm, I'm kind of where I've got like four or five people lined up where I have to do all this research. And, you know, I want to try to ask unique questions, but there's only, if I don't know something, only so much I could research. And um, he's one where I got to do a lot of research. You know, I like to do as much thorough research so I don't look like an idiot not know what I'm talking about with these guys. But, you know, there, there's the guy from Soraya, I think we were oh, talking yeah. about. And I've already sent him all the topics. He's good to go. One cool fact about him, I did not know this, was that he actually auditioned for Michael Sweet back in the day to be his guitarist. You know, that's something we got to talk about. And, you know, he plays with Darius Rucker now. He's yeah. been with him for like 10 years. Yep. And he also played with White Cross and Petra. And so, you know, we, we've been messaging back and forth. He, he's been really cool. So hopefully next week I'll interview him. Yeah, those guys, they played in my town when I was in high school. I never got to see him because I had to work oh, wow. that night. They played in this kind of this old roller rink place. Probably wouldn't uh, remember yeah. that. You know, and what's funny is, you know, kind of mentioning the part about where I do all this research. These people say, yeah, I'm going to do the interview. And then all of a sudden they ghost me. And I've had that happen mm. a couple of times. And I have one guy, I won't name his name. And it was, it's not like a real big time name or anything anyways. So it kind of be like me doing a favor for them, promote, you know, what they do. The guy has ghosted me three times. That's too bad. And I finally was like, after the second time, I wasn't going to pursue it again. And then he's like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm good to go again. I'm free this weekend. Let's do it. I got everything sent to him and never heard from him. Wow. And it's like, you know, it just kind of stinks, man. But yes, it that does. happens. Or, you know, and, it's, and then sometimes it just takes people a long time to come around. Thankful that they do. We've had that you know, uh, problem on our podcast, too. Yeah, but... Like I said, I've been blessed. You know, I reached out to uh, someone the other day, and he just simply said, nope, not interested. I'm like, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. It's uh, is it the prayer chain. So it's the singer for the prayer chain. I just messaged him. He's like, nah, I'm not interested. And I respect that. Mm -hmm. It's okay. I was supposed to have on the lead singer for Vixen. Oh, wow. And, and she's a newer singer there, but she was in a band called Femme Fatale. And, man, she knew everything, all the topics. Everything was good to go. I talked to her on the phone the night before. and gave her an idea 
just what I wanted to do with the show. And we were even going to talk about, you know, Christianity. And come to find out, she was in a Christian band with her husband or ex-husband. And I brought that up on her phone call. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, I don't want to talk about him. He was abusive. I'm like, okay, we can talk about him. And she just got weird right after that. She's like, I just don't feel comfortable with this. I don't want to do it. I- I'm not doing this podcast. Oh, that's too bad. It really rubbed me wrong, man. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, I'm not going to try to make you look bad. You know, I want you to be comfortable. And, uh, man, it really disappointed me how that turned out because I was really excited about that. Did my homework, you know, and, and all this stuff just for someone to easily say, you know what? I changed my mind. Never mind. You know, right at the last minute. Part of doing the podcasting, though. Yeah, those rock stars, but, they're know, a little fickle sometimes. You know, I, I've been blessed, like I said. So, sure. you know, everyone that's been on the show, I can't thank them enough. Yeah, it's really yeah, interesting. It, you guys go through the history of their, you know, their band, and I, I think it's really informative. I just ask questions that I feel like people want to know, not like, hey, what's your favorite color? You know, and, and a lot of times, you know, it won't be on a topic there, but they'll say something, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I got to ask you about that. Now I want to know about that. Yeah. I don't let it slide generally when it comes to, you know, I want to know. And if they'll answer it, great. You know, and fortunately, you know, my guests, and they've even said, man, you made me feel really comfortable. And I probably, you know, they, I've said stuff more than I would in most interviews. And I'm proud of that. You know, they are comfortable talking to me. And, yeah, you're doing uh, your job you know, well. Yeah, I, I hope so. You know, I, I feel like a little peon. You know, it's weird that people even listen to the podcast at times, but it's just cool when people, at, after we get done recording, you know, they tell me, they're like, man, you know, that's one of my favorite interviews I've probably done. You know what I mean? Like, that means a lot to me. Sure. And then, you know, even becoming friends and becoming friends with Stacey Roberts from The Brave. We're good friends now. He posts something about it. Like, that means a lot. I've probably become closest with Stacy and Luke Easter. Man, those guys are awesome. Just really awesome guys. Luke was one of your first interviews you did on your podcast, right? He was. He was my first interview. Yeah. And uh, thanks to Luke, he helped me get Tim Gaines on. And, you know, and unfortunately, you know, Luke and the whole situation with Tourniquet. Yeah. And Ted passing away. And, you know, it, it just, that he kind of didn't get to make amends or they didn't get to talk one last time. He didn't even know anything about Ted being sick. I know that had to hurt him in a way, you know, even if things ended kind of bad. I mean, you got a lot of history with someone and you were friends with someone at some point. You don't want things to end bad, especially death being final thing there. And, you know, I hate that that's going on. That mm-hmm. has happened with, with Luke because Luke's, a really good guy, man. He's a big Marvelous Three Bruce really? Walker fan too. Just FYI, yeah, really liked his first solo album. That's really catchy. Yeah, I think, and I told him this. I think his voice is much more suited for that music as opposed to Tourniquet. Even though I love Tourniquet stuff, I seen those guys at Cornerstone with him singing. You know, it was really good. I got to meet him. I think it was like their very first tour that he did with those guys. I was supposed to see them too during that tour and it got canceled man i was so disappointed they were supposed to play atlanta i don't know what happened I, two tours right in that same time i was supposed to see michael sweet live with i don't know how to say the name of the band nuvo or new way or yeah i know uh, who you're talking about great. and um man the, he canceled and then tourniquet canceled i got to see michael sweet beforehand because he did an acoustic he did like play christian bookstores and did acoustic set it's funny because two of those guys that played during that time, one 
being Jamie Wallum, I've had on the show, and then uh, the guy that played bass has been on my show. Uh, it's just kind of weird, man, thinking my 14-year-old self would have never thought I would be interviewing those two guys. <laughs> yeah. Jamie was playing drums with them, but Jamie is the guy who is the drummer for Tears for Fears. And he's been with them for a long time. Oh, wow. And, you know, they're, they're a huge fan, too, so... It's just crazy, man. Just surreal. Who would be one of your most favorite bands that you would really like to get on the podcast? You're talking about like that I haven't had on the show yet. Right. Um, if they were Christian-wise, crazy as I've, I've about talked to everybody. Uh, you know, I've, Holy Soldier, I've had three of those guys on. Um, I've had Luke. You know, I would probably say it would have had to been Texas Patrick. Obviously, you know, that's not going to happen now, but he would have been up there. I'll tell you who I really want to, like, probably on top of my bucket list would be Blackie Lawless. Yeah, seen him in concert the other month. It was a really good show. Yeah, I missed it, man. You know, he's supposed to be a Christian now. I know he brought some stuff back that he hadn't done a long time. That's not very Christian-like, but I would love to talk to him about that. Sure. About his history. I mean, I'd love to have Alice Cooper on the show. That would be cool. I want Michael Sweet and Oz Fox on my next Ooh. guys. I really want. I've had Robert Zinn, but I've been trying. Jamie Rowe was even trying to get me hooked up with Oz Fox, and hasn't happened. I hope and you can that, make that happen. That'd be really interesting. Yeah, I definitely like talking to him. I got a fellow that you ought to look into. Possibly, he's a Canadian guitar player. He was from the band Angelica. His name was Dennis Cameron. Yeah, I've actually spoke to him on the phone twice. And he's just been not ready to do it. <laughs> hmm. Stacy from the Brave gave me his number, so I called him. And uh, I didn't realize how thick of a French accent, you know, the English-French accent he had. I'm like, whoop. Because I saw him. He was the one that was playing guitar with Michael Sweet uh, when he did the acoustic show I was telling you about mm-hmm. back in the day. So anyways, yeah, I reached out to him earlier this year. And he's like, I'm not really interested. But he knew I talked to Tim Gaines. He's like, hey, can you... Give me Tim Gaines' email because I want to talk to him about something. So I did. I waited a while and I called him back, and it's been a while. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm not feeling shit." So you trust me? I, I've been trying to get him on the show. I've already talked to him. I got his phone number. I, I don't know if it's going to happen or not. Yeah, I would love to have him on the show. I would love to have uh, Ken Templin's another guy. Oh, that's a, oh, be a good oh, one. Oh, I know. And I put it out here before, but P.K. Mitchell is one I want. He kind of just disappeared, man. He was such a talented guy. Catch up with him. But I'm trying to think if there's anybody else because it's just I, I have been fortunate to talk to these people. What about Chris and Pilotary or Rob Rock? Now, that would be some oh, interesting yeah. conversations I, right there. I would love to have them. I have reached out to multiple, I, I, I don't know which, if it's really him or not, but Rob Rock, uh, Chris, I think I try to reach out on Facebook Messenger. Sometimes they just don't see my messages, but, you know, the fact that I'm getting more connections, yeah, that you know, helps. but even like, I've been wanting to talk to Terry Russell from Holy Soldier, and Andy even put us in touch through Facebook Messenger, and like, hey, this is cool, and nothing ever came of it, so the guy's in the band with these guys sometimes telling to get it go to make it happen. Yeah, you should check out Grave Robber I was telling you about. Those guys are really, yeah. really good. I mean, they sound kind of like the Misfits or Glenn Danzig. The way they do their okay. interviews and, you know, in character, it just it's so cool. 
Uh, yeah, you mentioned them today, so I said I'm gonna, you know, I gotta, I gotta check them out. I'm about familiar with them. I was gonna ask you though, if you do make it to Immortal Fest, do you plan on possibly trying to get some interviews? I thought about that. Another thing, you know, could be whether I might the opportunity that's there to maybe play drums with an artist. Uh, also, um, well, that'd be cool. Because I there's a couple artists that are interested in maybe having me kind of audition. Uh, to play drums with them uh, when they play live. Luke Easter is one of them. And nothing may come of it, but Applehead also with Greg Manier has sent me a couple songs. I've kind of been looking at doing that. And I'm, so, you know, whatever it might be, trust me, I thought about bringing just the recording stuff there and maybe doing some kind of live recording there and trying to figure out something. I've been fortunate. I've pretty much had everyone that's going to be there I think for the most part, I've had them on the show. It's just going to be fun just getting to go there and seeing these guys I've been, I've been friends with, you know, and, and meeting guys like, you know, I know you're going to the other one, but, you know, people that are part of this community. Sure. It'll be really cool. It'll be a little long so trip I'm, for I'm you. But... Being there. Yeah, it's about seven hours, but, you know, it just I've already booked a room. I need to buy the ticket. Uh, just make sure I have some money in the savings and make it happen. Fortunately for me, you know, it's only an hour away, so it, it's a pretty easy uh, drive. Yeah, man, that, that's really awesome. Yeah. Leading out of the show here, a few more questions for you. I wanted to ask you, what's your sure. f- favorite album of 2022? Man, this has been a tough one because, you know, obviously Striper came out with an album, and I'm not going to say it's not been my favorite Striper album. Nothing really is going to touch the 80s against the law, mm-hmm. 90. You know, the new stuff has been awesome. I don't know if I could say Striper new album is my favorite mm-hmm. because the competition for me is Les Carlson's solo album. Okay. The Braves' new album is good. Fear Not is good, but I like the old Fear Not with Larry King. Yeah, I, I do too. And I'm not trying to be, you know, like say, oh, they, they think or anything because they're great. It's pretty good. I want Larry being the singer. But, um, and then, of course, Faith put out a great album, man. It's probably, I don't know. I It would have to be in between those albums. Okay. Um, Blood was another good one. The guys from Turn. Yeah, I was going to mention that's that. That's an unbelievable album. That's my favorite album that came out this year. That album smokes. Yeah. Maybe you get those guys on your show at some point. Hey, once again, try. <laughs> try to get, I've been trying to get Gary on the show for a while. He said he would possibly do it luke's been helping me but just not happening so far trust me gary would be a huge interview to have oh i'm sure his story and i can guarantee a lot of people would want to hear that yeah i'm one i, I would love to have guy on the show too i don't think victor's ever going to do it just going back to tourniquet yeah trust me man you, na- you name these people i'm like i'm trying but <laughs> <laughs> they just don't do it i got a couple i gotta throw out too here I really like the reconciled skin and bones, Dale singing. That's really good. I don't know if you yeah. heard that or uh, not. Well, yeah. Of course, yeah. I mean, I had XL Todd Stevens on the episode, and, and he was sending me tracks before the album came out. Well, lucky you. And wow. Like, Dude, this stuff. Yeah, I've also had the benefit of that where I've had, uh, like, Jamie sent me that Calamity Kills song before anybody heard it. And it's really been cool because I've had artists send, send me stuff, like the Stacey will send me stuff. And with uh, that album with not Brian, but Dale Thompson, that's probably one of my top albums too, right there. The record style. That's a Todd is a very talented songwriter, musician, and he's got a really good voice. You hear him sing and looking at him, 
you like that voice comes from that guy. I would not believe that. Got an awesome voice though, but that's one of my top albums too. Okay. Yeah. I just listened to an album the other week that I thought was really good and it was the new Queensryche album. I believe it was called Digital Noise Alliance. And that's yeah, actually I've been really good. That one. Yeah, I really dug that. Yeah, that one's good. And there's some other stuff more recently kind of discovered. Gosh, I gotta look it up to say the name. It's really good music. So it's called Tuck Smith and the Restless Heart. It's T U K. It's not Christian music, but he's really good. I really liked it. I discovered him on Eddie Trunk's podcast. Okay, uh, just Let's... recently. Yeah, you know, I forgot Mitch. I'm supposed to be having on one of the guys from uh, C from Lily and Axe. It's supposed to be coming on the show soon. I forgot about uh, those guys. They were kind of big for a brief second, early '90s. Yeah. So uh, that's that's another one uh, coming up. Uh, hopefully, an interview. But uh, we'll see. Long yeah. going flaked out or gets canceled. I hope you have good luck on that, there, Joel. I appreciate it. I want to lead out with this last question here for you. What's next for Joel Walker? Well, like I I mentioned, the show is going to continue. I want to keep growing the podcast and keep doing this. But what hopefully is next is getting back into running, like I said, setting up a home studio where I can record and be on some music coming up. Uh, There's the talk. Uh, me and Ken Pite, who I've had on the show, he was the singer from Malachi, and he is now Absalon as the band, but he wants me to drum on their next album next year, and I think I have the means of doing that now, but I'm really hoping that I might even just start playing shows with people. It was kind of mentioned maybe doing some stuff with Jamie Rowe with the Calamity Kill stuff, you know, so... I would prefer to record. I enjoy that process more, but if I could also play live mm-hmm. and do some live stuff, especially with these people that I've grown up loving, uh, man, I'd be all about it. But the more I can do in this industry and get more involved and get my name out there, and, and you know, I'm not looking to be rich or famous or anything. It's just I love it, and I want to just be as involved as I can be. And um, hopefully, you know, maybe someone takes notice and you find the right connections. And, you know, I could be doing something, not working a real job, playing, you know, with some big artist or something. I mean, that was my dream back you know, in the day. Yes, it was. Yeah. You know, it's tough for the family now and everything. But if it was a big artist, like I'm talking about, like, you know, a real big artist that brings in money, even though when you're not touring, you know, what do you do then? But it would be hard not want to do that. And finally, you know, in my forties, living the dream. But yes. I'm very content with what I'm doing now. Uh, you know, being a father, I love being a father. And, you know, just having my boys and having my family, and, and you know, being married to a hot, sexy lady who gives <laughs> who gives me a lot of crap. But you know, I love my wife very, very much, and I love my family, and you know, I've been blessed, and I love having a relationship with God, even though it's, I struggle many a days. Well, we all um, do. You know, those things are those things are important to me. I'm sure God has a plan for you. Just keep on praying. Yep. Hopefully, maybe answer your question of what's next. Hopefully, that's the goal, at least. Well, I hope I see you drumming somewhere when I go to the BMI next summer. Yeah, if not, I might just be uh, on one of the bathrooms, you know, on the toilet, like Taco Bell and beating on the walls because my butt hurts. I have diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> 
That might be the only drumming I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> hope we can meet up there next summer. That'd be pretty cool to talk to you. Just hope you're. Yeah. <laughs> no, man, I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, if anybody listening to this or, you know, missing it on the show once things are definite, man, I want to meet everybody. And, you know, I love the community that we have going on. And so I'm excited to talk to people and sure. uh, just, you know, people that connect through Facebook and talk to me about the shows and it's going to be a lot of fun well i hope everybody listening to this will go out and listen to joel walker on imaginary music and tune in and tune into the headbangers vault as well we appreciate you coming on here joel this is very interesting talking to a fellow podcaster yeah man i've really enjoyed the chat i've probably been too catty chassy but you know hey It'd be weird if I was just quiet. Right. And we want everybody talking. It'd be a bad show. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if people want to check out the Magic Music, they, I do have a group page on Facebook. You can join. But also the show is on Apple, iTunes, and Spotify. So either one of those platforms. I know it's on others, uh, but the main one, you know, people can check it out. The show usually comes out Monday morning. Uh, new episodes come out usually then. Sometimes I have a bonus episode. So, yeah, that's, you know, kind of the gist of the show. Check it out, people. I've listened to it, and I give them a two thumbs up on that. No three thumbs up? Joker. <laughs> if the smuts was on here, he would have enjoyed that right there. <laughs> Joel, we hope to get you on again here in the near future. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Anything I could do to help you guys out, let me know. You know, it's always about you know, kind of joining forces and getting the word out there to help each other out because there's so much competition of, you know, people grabbing attention from others. And, you know, this is a, a niche uh, kind of community we have and to support each other. You know, I, I definitely want to be a part of helping you guys out and you're helping me out, obviously, by having me on the podcast. So yeah, we appreciate um, that, you know, any, anything we can do for you guys or, you know, each other. You know, I'm all about it. That sounds like a plan. We'll talk to the smuts about that, and we'll definitely be getting something in the works here. Yeah, you tell the smuts about that one. Get join the show. You tell them. I will tell them. Missed out on that. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, he's making good progress getting his concert venue right now. Yeah, you better be. Keep me up to date on that. I will. Thank you, Joel. We appreciate no that, problem. and you know, everybody, listen to us on Spotify, Podbean, all that jazz, and. What Nikki Lane says, if it's too loud, you're too old. And God bless, and we will see you all next week. Thank you for listening to the Headbangers Vault, bringing you the best in rock and metal music and music talk with your hosts, B1 Bomb and The Smuts. Check us out on your social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. If you'd be interested in being a part of our show or advertising with us, please visit our webpage at headbangersvault.podbean.com. And remember, if it's too loud, you're too old. <laughs>